Welcome to Inside the Upside Down on the Mike Ricksecker audio journey on MikeRicksecker.com. Welcome to Inside the Upside Down. I'm your host, author and ghost historian, Mike Ricksecker. With me, as always, is Shauna Wankel, also a fantastic writer in her own right. Chat navigator from Edge of the Rabbit Hole and my partner in crime. <laughs> <laughs> so tonight, we're going to go into uh, different types of hauntings. We were kind of, you know, hashing about different topics that we could cover. And we're like, you know, let's get into some specifics, some different learning moments, kind of inspired by this uh, this weekend's past video. They can't hear it. Don't worry about it. It's loud. <laughs> <laughs> but they actually can't hear it because we have good microphones running tonight. Sweet. It's the furnace because, you know, it's like negative a billion below. outside. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in any case, so, you know, we're kind of delving into some more of the, you know, topics of uh, the paranormal and the supernatural. And we we're talking about, you know, why you shouldn't tell ghosts that they're dead and that sort of thing. So, um, so we're talking about, well, let's get into some more specifics about, about the paranormal, kind of go over those sorts of things. So it's like, well, you know, let's start with residual versus intelligent haunts. Why not? And we'll get into some other ones as well, like poltergeist. Sure, we'll hit demons, whatever. It's a different type of haunt. So, um, or as I like to refer to as the TV haunts. Yeah, the TV haunts. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's another way to put it. So, all right. So we have some clips also that we'll show along the way to kind of, uh, give examples of you know times where we've encountered something that's intelligent or residual and, and what have you so um so really i mean the difference between an intelligent and residual haunt just to get you know bare bones so an intelligent haunt is a spirit or a ghost that's you know consciously active and interacting with you and where you can actually you know, have a conversation with it where something residual is just like a playback like you're you're playing an old an old record or an old tape or CD or I guess these days MP3. <laughs> right. In other words, it's there and it's going to do its thing and it doesn't even know that you're there. It doesn't even know that it's there. Right. So a good example and we'll discuss a little bit more, throw some questions down in the chat. Um, they say they like my Poe shirt. Oh, the Poe shirt. Yeah, it doesn't just stop here. Okay. Poe, drinking coffee. Post some sugar on me. So we've got Edgar Allan <laughs> Poe. We've got coffee. We've we've got Def Leppard. It's yeah. It, it this shirt wins three different ways. So <laughs> um, B three Aerospace says Poe toaster. He was drinking cognac, or the Poe toaster was. He was bring, drinking or bringing cognac, even though it was never proven that Poe actually drank cognac. So go figure that. Um, all right. So. Yeah, let's go ahead. I wanted to uh, start with the footsteps at Campbell Grade School. I think that's a good place to start as far as a uh, as a residual haunt. So, ah, wrong tab. This one, and then there we go. Upstairs. I know. Upstairs. That's thing. Okay, so that one, I mean, that's a common haunt there at the Campbellsville Grade School is those footsteps. They're loud, distinct, on a second floor that doesn't exist. 
Although we've come up with a new theory for that. Um, it's a good theory. Yeah. It's a great theory, actually. Yeah. yeah. So I guess the theory, we'll just say this real quick. That site um, is an archaeological dig site. So what was it, back in the 1920s? They dug out that area looking for old uh, Native American artifacts and, and that sort of thing. Um, and you can see the terraces in, cut into the hill from that site where it goes what, down the hill. There's kind of like that backyard, goes down another hill, and then there's the baseball fields and all that. Mm -hmm. So they basically put the school right into this, into this hole that they had dug up. Well, that means that the floor was actually higher, or the original ground was actually higher. So if there had been a building there, um, it could have been, it, it could have been, a, um, I guess, an English home, for lack of a better term. Could have been an old uh, Indian, I think Bree once said Indian longhouse, and so that could have been there at, at one point um, to give us the footsteps. But clearly nothing intelligent. We, no. uh, we tried to interact with it. I think I fixed my shirt here. <laughs> Um, yeah, we tried to interact with it and got absolutely nothing. We would just hear the steps, hear the steps, hear the steps, back mm -hmm. and forth. So that's that's a residual haunt. Not that there wasn't intelligence there, but a totally different, a totally different, um, totally different spirit, totally different activity. Um, but yeah, the, the the footsteps were definitely 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 residual i would blow off 99% of footsteps as residual unless i ask somebody to come closer to me and not only do i hear but i also feel and if it's walking towards me whether i can see it or not and it's making footsteps i will probably give that one a second thought if it's interacting, coming closer to me and making footsteps in the process, that would be the 1% for me. Like last Tuesday, a week ago, <laughs> footstep out in the hallway, then you feel somebody behind you, and then somebody grabs your butt. Yep. That's an intelligent haunt. Oh, yeah. With a footstep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Residual energy doesn't interact. So... You know, it's I I am pretty sure, in my opinion, that a residual haunt cannot reach out and touch someone. I think it just is its own separate entity, its own separate kind of energy. It does whatever. Yeah, I, I kinda liken it to like an echo. An echo that's reverberating over time. So like you're you're out in a canyon, you yell and you hear it again and again and again being played back to you. It's kind of like that to me. Yeah. So, now I don't know if over time that it weakens like an echo um, because here we are, you know, if that was a Native American longhouse from hundreds of years ago, you know, this would still be reverberating for a long time. So, you know, so that's an interesting question and something that as we investigate and research and all that, that we would want to know a question that we could pose out there is you know how long do these things you know continue to do that what is their shelf life good question no what idea is the shelf life? i have no idea because you know if you think about it 
there's a lot of places that have footsteps as their venues that have been around for a very, very, very long time. How do you know? You know but in places where there's been a lot of death, a lot of spirits passing through, how do you know? How can you tell one set of them from another? You know, right. you really can't unless, you know, it's energy signature that I call it is different. So it's like, oh, those footsteps belong to this adult or this those footsteps belong to this child or whatever. I don't really know. I can't really tell. Most intelligent energy, I can feel the difference between one age group and another. But residual... I have no idea. Yeah. It doesn't affect me the same way, I guess. Bree Jones says, I still say those footsteps are from soldiers who are walking around the longhouse. And it very well could be. It would just, if it was from the longhouse, I will, my idea is that the entire hill was still intact and in places. So that floor of the longhouse was at a higher elevation than the current first floor of the school. So, um, it, yeah, it could very well be footsteps from, from a longhouse because they do sound like boots. You yeah. would have to then research to find out exactly what time frame you're dealing with to find out who would have been there at yeah. that time. Yep. Well, and that might be one where we go down there to the archaeological museum. They have all the information on the Indians in the area. They have all those artifacts in the museum. Yeah. They would know. You know, hey, what was actually recovered from this site? Um, Tom McNicholas asks, do you feel energy around a residual haunt? Um... That's that's an interesting question, you know, because usually with the, go ahead. I'd say while the foots like at the grade school, while the footsteps were going on, there was also intelligent activity going on too, separate from that. So to be able to discern between the two, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's a good question. Um, if I could tune out anything intelligent and you know put yourself in the middle put yourself in a spot where residual activity happens and nothing else affects you to see if you hear footsteps but you didn't feel it that would be the only way mm -hmm. but it would be so hard yeah i think it i mean it, it's a playback of something so there has to be some energy there to begin with and yeah i mean th that grade school is it would be a bit more muddled because there is a lot of intelligent energy there as well. Um, look, Pat Kraft throws down a good example. I think you can feel the energy of residual haunt, Velisca, for example. And so, yeah, those when it's like repeating a death scene over and over again. Um, people talk about some residual haunts of, um, you know, somebody trying to, uh, you know, jump from somewhere. Um, I forget the lighthouse, but somebody jumped from the lighthouse and they always see that. So could the energy from a residual haunt act as a battery? Maybe. Could it be its own battery that kind of keeps a place going and then the intelligent energy is just... Well, I think it would be like a discharge. So they talk about like the stone tape theory where, you know, the energy is, is trapped within something, whether it's um, stone or metal or what have you. And there's something that kicks it off to play back. So that's a discharge of some sort of energy. Um, whether or not you could feel that, debatable. I guess it probably depends on exactly what it is, how strong it is, and, and, all, that, and all that. So um, I know 
from my memory of the Campsville grade school, since we're using that as an example, when those footsteps are going back and forth, I wasn't necessarily feeling anything, but I thought it was really interesting how we kept hearing that again and again. What I mostly felt, and again, I don't feel things as strongly as you do, uh, most of the things I felt were down the other side of the school where we had all kinds of crazy stuff going on, but yeah. those were more intelligent haunts. So, um, so Shay had a question, um, answer at the appropriate time. Have you been followed home from an investigation? Yeah, we will handle that a little bit more of an appropriate time. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> Shauna certainly has. Um, so now on the intelligent haunt side, I have a few more uh, clips in regards to this. So let's the first person to turn that off. Um, this one's gonna get you. I have an audio of uh, Captain Minky oh. saying my name. It was also the side that I was going on whenever I said that I missed him and he said it back. It's Shauna, Captain Minky, I've missed you. It's Shauna, Captain Minky, I've missed you. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah, so that's you one day. This is before you, you met me. I was interviewing you in that clip the first time I'd ever been on the Goldenrod. You told me about that, and then you later on gave me the clip. So that was you walking onto the Goldenrod and saying that you missed Captain Minky and you got a response. Yeah, and I almost tossed the audio because we were just basically showing up to just give the boat a once over and check it out because, you know, um, I literally lived 2.8 miles three miles, whatever, (laughs) from the boat. So I was there all the time. Uh, We were basically just going to give it a once-over before going to the cafe. And so I basically just waltzed down the steps and into the showroom and said hi to Captain Minky and that I had missed him because I hadn't seen him. You know, it it, it hadn't seen him for about a a few days. You know, we we were all busy, and I just hadn't been there. Uh, And, you know, so I said I missed him, and I just kind of... You know, glanced around and that was it. I said goodbye and and we left. And I didn't hear anything out loud at the time. So then we got back to the cafe and we're sitting around the table. It's like, well, let's just listen to it. Probably didn't get anything. And yep, the audio was literally six, like almost six minutes. And just a little bit into it. At like one minute and something, you know, Boom, maybe it was there. It was like, you hear me, Captain Mickey, I miss you. And then all of a sudden, get that. And we're all like kind of sit up a little bit. <laughs> and it was like, did, you know, Rita's like, did, did you just say <laughs> what I think he said? I was like, I think so. So we listened to it again. And yeah, he did. Judy Wilson says, oh, he sounded like a sweet man. He was a character. I didn't really know him in reality because I heard of the Goldenrod and almost visited. I almost visited. I almost went on there and it's early in a little bit earlier time. But uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to see him or meet him or anything like that. So, but I had heard a lot about him from one of the Goldenrod historians who did know him personally and played her the audio. And she was like, how do you have Captain Minky on your audio like that? 
was like, well, because he's still there. Yeah, yeah he's <laughs> still know? around. And she recognized his voice right away. I had never physically heard his voice, ever. You know, I did not know him personally like she did, but she automatically, I didn't even well, tell her. she recognized her. the voice. Yeah, so I didn't even. Him. I was like, I want you to listen to this and tell me what you think. And she just was on it immediately. So that's all the confirmation I need. A <laughs> um, couple other questions here from Warlock. Have you ever done experiments like Gonsville or Astro Projection? Um, I've tried Astro Projecting almost came close one time. Shauna has done Gon's film. Um, yeah. We're not going to get into all that. Maybe later on in the episode if we have time, but um, we have an episode of Inside the Upside Down on Gon's film uh, experiment, which um, Shauna went over pretty extensively in that episode. So um, if we have time toward the end, maybe we can get into some other uh, topics like that. Um, it's really cool. I think we should do it. We could try it. It was definitely so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Um, from Sharon Lane, Shauna, do you think you are especially drawn to the Mississippi in general for some reason? It's funny because I can't swim. <laughs> and I'm scared to death. I am not so scared of water that I can't be on it or in it. As long as I can touch bottom, I'm okay. Um, but like, for example, you know, going to mineral springs in the pool that doesn't even have water in it i still every single time i go down in there get anxiety in the deep end yeah. just a little bit that i'm able to you know tell myself there's no water in it <laughs> you know so just calm yourself this is not a real pool and uh otherwise you know i lived right by the river for the majority of my life uh, i spent a lot of time near it so I like water. I just don't like to be in water, but I don't mind being near it. Um, who knows what I've done in other lifetimes, recent ones, you know what I mean? I was probably, maybe I've always been drawn to water. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I know that according to a past life regression, I drowned, I was drowned like at least two or three times for witchcraft, so I. So you got that going for I you. I have that going for me. <laughs> So, um, Creatrix Corvus Arts, or Creatrix Corvus Arts, sorry, it's mm -hmm. Mickey Dole, um, remarked that kind of personal verification is rare, that's amazing. Yeah, and we have another one uh, as far as like personal verification that is really cool, uh, that really shows an intelligent haunt, so. Oh my God, this tea is so good. <laughs> that is the second this. marker for John right here from the, uh, from the Navy. So he's got two markers. There's a second marker for John right here from the uh, from the Navy. So he's got two markers. Okay, so played twice there. Correct. And um, and Andy Lopez uh, says, "Love your show. Keep, you guys keep it real always." Uh, hello from Big Spring, Texas. Thank you, Andy. Appreciate it. Um, yeah. So that one. It, those that have watched this show before have seen that a number of times. Um, we're just out in a cemetery and I'm making an observation of these couple of headstones where there's this big, you know, like family headstone. And back behind it was another for the same individual, but it was uh, for the military. And so I'm making this observation out loud to, um, to one of the other investigators that was there, Dustin. You hear him go, hmm, when I point this out. Um, but then you hear, correct. 
you know, the, that confirmation that the observation that I'm making is correct. You know, and it, you know, it wasn't like a huge, you know, deal, I guess, you know, it was kind of obvious, okay, you know, this is the gist of what the headstones are, but, you know, to be able to get that type of confirmation like that audibly is, that's an intelligent haunt that's there. Yeah. Yeah. So, Diane Hilbert saying that one's loud and clear, yeah, that's something I always liked. That, that cemetery is where I got um, two EVPs that I talk about all the time. That one, um, because of that confirmation where you're like, there is something intelligent out there that's confirming it. And then the other one, my teeth are warm, <laughs> which is the oddest EVP. And that one is just clear, as, to me, clear as a bell. Some people say that it says I can't get warm or whatever, but the, the voice itself is loud. So, um, see what else I threw in there for, most of these were, were intelligent haunts. Um, that we're kind of going to go over here as far as uh, clips. The second marker for John right here. Let me get rid of that. Um, well, Byron, you think he was intelligent? This is one I wanted to ask. You think he was intelligent? Because he, you said that he followed you. Oh, yeah. He yeah. followed me a lot. And I didn't know that if I told him to, you know, stay, he would listen. Uh, sometimes he, if I told him, you know, you, you can't be here all the time. Uh, but he was, he was there before the building was there. So he wasn't attached to the building itself and was able to wander at will, I guess. But he did not leave me or he did not leave and follow me whenever I left the town. So believe me, if I, if I had some way to you know, get in touch with him and ask him to, you know, visit, I would, because uh, he was an intelligent little boy, for sure. That illustration, by the way, by Adam Tillery, and that was uh, his rendering of what Shauna saw. Which was basically just like I took a snapshot because he looked exactly like that. Exactly. Like yeah, that. Adam was given a uh, general idea and drew that, and Shauna confirmed that is exactly what he looked like to her. I wish that there were cameras going all the time in that building, because if I ever caught him, Adam would probably shock himself at just how accurate it really was. So, yeah. So, uh, Diane Hilbert has a question about the, uh, the EVP that I played. But why was that so loud and clear and other EVPs are so soft? Uh, Mickey Dole has a, uh, an idea that she threw in the chat. She says, I think it's due to their ability to manifest like how strong they are. Um, you know, that's a, it's a really good question. You know, why are some really clear and others aren't? You know, is it possible? I mean, it, it might be what Mickey says. Maybe they're, you know, manifesting a little bit stronger and other times they don't manifest as strong. It could always still be proximity to the microphone. You know, yeah. just like with us, you know, if if you're standing further away from the microphone, it's, you know, the sound of your voice is not going to be as loud, uh, you know, into the uh, into the audio recorder. So it'll come out at a lower volume. So, I mean, it could just be that plain and simple still with the spirits. If if, if they're across the room and saying something and you know, maybe it's almost like a whisper, you know, with that one, the correct 
you know, maybe because we're over there making some observations about his grave and he's like, oh, hey, people are talking about me and comes down from wherever, you know, maybe stands right next to me like, hey, what are these guys doing? And it answers. I think we've established that come down is actually pretty accurate. Well, that's, <laughs> I, mean, I, uh, that's I, want, I don't know I if you want to talk get about into that. it so bad. I do. I don't, but I do. And, but I just, uh, that was interesting. Yeah. Um, in regards to EVPs, though, there are lost EVPs that I will probably never recover of Byron and his little voice. Uh, I mean, just clear as a bell, like he was holding my recorder like a microphone and just talking right into it. I have the and mommy EVP. Was that him? I think so. Want to play it? We could play it. I mean, even then, you know, that's more of a whisper. Yeah. It has a little a bit of tone to it. But, I mean, there's others where... I'm pretty sure it's in here. Where is it? Yeah, right there. Do you spend any time upstairs? <laughs> I hear it got moving around upstairs. I know. Do you spend any time up... So, that was more of a whisper. And you, and you think that was him? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Okay. And uh, was it Judy uh, saying, wasn't he there with his mother? Was, was his mother ever there? I mean, was that even... I mean... It, you said it was a tree that he fell out of, so it may not even have been his property, right? Yeah, all, all I know, all, the, all that's doc, been documented for us so far back then was that uh, that was the... And, and the the altercation, the gunfight, the what happened before the building was there, that's that's a documented event. Uh, would have to get a hold of Emerson for that. Okay. And because that it actually happened before the building was there. Emerson's a local historian. He is amazing. I would love to get him on this show. He has a lot of information. Oh my gosh, he's How is he about the ghosts though? He's He's fine. He's fine? He's good with okay. that. He loved talking to us because he would give us the facts, and then we would let him listen to the stuff that we had, and he's like, you know, right. there you go. I can cool. confirm that. And But uh, Byron didn't even, you know, the building wasn't even there yet, so he was just a local and climbed up into a, I, I don't know where Mommy and Daddy were, uh, I don't even have any documentation of his parents other than that boy saying, you know, confirming that there's a mommy there also. But he basically climbed up into the tree to watch the festivities and fell out, and that's how he died. Yeah. So he spent a lot of time upstairs because I guess to him, you know, up. Uh, but we spent a lot of time enticing him to come down, explaining to him that he didn't have to stay up there. He could come down. And it, it took a while. But eventually, you know, I saw him downstairs. So I'm like, oh, thank goodness, because it was a lot easier to be downstairs than it was to be upstairs in that building, uh, especially alone. Um, that, that, that building was just, it was crazy up there. And a little too... Uh, a little too overwhelming sometimes just because of all the different it's like 
being at Mineral Springs, all the different kinds of energy, but just compacted into a smaller building. I mean, you saw the size of the building. Yeah, it's a small you know, there's building. There's not much to it, really. And it, it was, there was just way too much in there. $800 if you want it. <sighs> I mean, my refund's coming in. It is so tempting. <laughs> you know, I just really want to do yeah, it so just bad. just imagine the... It's just the money The that, liability. Yeah. So, um, Donna asks, did you get Byron's name from the historian? Mm. I uh, got his that his name started with a B, and it came to me initially on my own. But the it was a mix of Emerson and the town mayor and one of the other um, elders of the community that was able to confirm that that was actually his name. Um, getting that information again, I really need to get that information again just so I can have it. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. All right. Very cool. So, all right. So that's residual and intelligent haunts, which, um, yeah, Debbie 08 says, I remember seeing a picture of Shauna at the cafe, and I could see a little boy behind Shauna as she was sitting. That's probably the gropes. The gropes photo. of wrath. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, the, and there was another comment here. Uh, yeah, Sharon Lane, yep, kids are attracted to Shauna's energy, which is very true. So Shauna picks up on a lot of child spirits. I mean, even when we're, you know, at cemeteries, like she'll just, you know, walk to a headstone and she'll know instantly without even looking at it that it's a child. And like, oh, that's why I was headed here. Yeah, I have no yeah. idea. I can't explain it, but... You know, that doesn't mean that I don't interact with adults too, but it's usually the the younger generation that I just zone in on a lot easier. Yeah, that happens. It's probably the motherly instinct, I think, in you. Yeah. Yeah. I would think so. So, um, so um, yeah, uh, other types of... Uh, Hauntings. Because <laughs> I was trying to transition here. <laughs> um, so Poltergeist is another one that um, people talk about and bring up. And it, it's almost like, to me, like the definition has almost changed these days. I mean, Poltergeist is noisy ghost. is what it means in German, noisy ghost. And so essentially these were mischievous type of uh, spirits what have you that basically go around and make a mess of things you know be loud obnoxious throw things around that sort of stuff um these days it's kind of taken on a, a new meaning where um people talk about this uh psychokinetic energy that will um expel from people and then start throwing things around the uh the room so um, a lot of people will talk about you know, you know, young uh, female girls who are reaching a certain age. Um, things start to go crazy around them. So this is where I draw the definition is that to me that is poltergeist activity. So what they're doing in all of that is they're creating that type of activity that a poltergeist would create but a poltergeist itself is still the quote-unquote noisy ghost it's still an entity that's going around being mischievous and all that but 
the, the, the person who is making things happen around them in all kinds of crazy ways, that person is um, creating poltergeist activity. So I hope that makes it clear. I don't know if that sounds muddled to you or does it make sense? Tillery down there. Someone say mischievous. That's his book. It's <laughs> <laughs> the title of his book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he comes out of lurker mode. It's like, it's, oh, I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop watching those uh, Laginas dig up uh, Smith's Cove and, uh, you know, plug my book. <laughs> Which, yeah, by all means, get his book. <laughs> um, but uh, let's see. Diane Hilbert says, uh, there's a polar guy in the apartment we used to live in years ago. It loved to shake our bed and so forth. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the deal there where, you know, you have this spirit that's manifesting all these different um, crazy things going on within the home. A um, little bit different than the movie Poltergeist. Of course, you know, that's Hollywood for you. But, um, you know, really, and this might sound a little lame, but... Harry Potter has Peeves the Poltergeist. And what does Peeves do? He's flying around the castle, wreaking havoc, creating mischief, all that sort of stuff. And that's essentially what a poltergeist is. Um, Again, not to be confused with somebody who's actually creating poltergeist activity, two different things. And, you know, my personal opinion that people are latching onto the latter as that's what all poltergeists are. I don't believe that to be the case that poltergeist as an entity actually exists. So, um, Diana, I told you about it. Ocean said, yep, yep. So, um, <laughs> B3 Airspace was also watching Oak Island. Yeah, I'll, I'll be watching it tomorrow, <laughs> not tonight. I know. Oak Island has some hauntings. Uh, and Haglin loves uh, the Harry Potter reference. Well, I mean, for our younger viewers, they may be able to relate to that. Or maybe even our older viewers that you know, we have Harry Potter fans out there. And, uh, I mean, I read the, the books to my kids, so there you go. I've never read any of the books, and I've not seen any of the movies from start to finish. Sacrilege. Especially you being in all that witchy shit. You would love Hermione. Would she not love Hermione? I mean, I know her. I know of her. You know I've of seen her. some scenes. I've seen some okay. stuff. I just have never seen any of the movies. <laughs> See, Sharon Lane says, now they claim on TV that poltergeist activity is from the living only. And yeah, that's where I make that, that difference. Is that, yeah, there's a lot of people now that are trying to say that it's only from the living that we are manifesting um, we're manifesting poltergeist activity. Yes, the living can manifest poltergeist activity, but keep in mind, poltergeist activity, that in itself is one term. A poltergeist is a is a thing, you know, is an actual entity itself too. So poltergeist activity that humans create is the activity that is like what a poltergeist creates. So um, what would be a good example? Um trying to think of it like an analogy to use here so um my brain's gonna go to baseball and try to make a baseball reference <laughs> it just will it just will so okay i guess that's yeah it's lame though 
<laughs> okay, so a lot of kids will try to mimic their favorite ball player or whatever, their batting stance or swing, the way they pitch, what have you. Just because they're standing in the batter's box trying to swing like a particular player or throw a pitch like a particular player doesn't make them that player. You know, that major leaguer is still that major leaguer. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and there's uh, Diane Hilbert. I disagree. It was something else in the apartment. I wasn't doing it. Yeah, yeah. If, if you were to take Diane's example and say that um, either she or I guess her husband um, were creating that energy, um, you know, you would have to be saying that you, that's what you would have to be saying, that they were creating the energy and that it wasn't something else. So, um, and uh, Sharon Lane can't fit paranormal in a box. No one has all the answers. Well, that's true. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's funny though, how, um, over time that we keep, I don't know, um, I guess changing the, the landscape, so to speak, you know, um, just like right now, everything's a demon, you know? Everything's a demon. So that's another type of, you know, activity, a demonic activity or uh, an inhuman spirit, what have you, um, which happens. But just because, you know, something gets tossed in your house doesn't mean it's a demon. It could be a poltergeist. <laughs> it, it could, could be a spirit annoyed at your presence, throwing something at you to try to get you to leave. Doesn't make it a demon. Yeah. Uh, Mark Fiore, what do you think uh, spirits think about, and if they are depressed, do you think it can affect the living? Um, yeah, that would be oppression. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's people with any type of empathic abilities at all. That's that's usually what triggers it. It depends on. Sometimes it's the living that triggers it, but sometimes it's those that have already passed on that are triggering it. And whether we're fear, feeling sadness that's residual and you're walking into this energy, this force field of negative energy, and it's like, what, what the hell is this? Or it could be an intelligent spirit trying to communicate and explain to you or project the only way that they know how, you know, the events that happen to them so that someone, you know, gets it and understands who they are, why they're there. So, yeah, I totally believe that. Yep. So, um, yeah, B3 Aerospace, everything is a nun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot of, right, yeah, there's the demon nun these days. And so it's, it's whatever's popular, you know, that you're going to see out there in the TV shows and all that stuff. And, um, yeah, I mean, there, there are inhuman spirits out there. Um, is yeah. I mean, we're we're careful before we start to try to label something. You know, we'll try to figure out what it is. You know, like even you know all the way back to those footsteps. You know, there was. You know, we spent some time trying to figure out if that was an intelligent haunt or not, and we ended up deducing that you know it's residual. But 
you know, we weren't going to name it immediately. We certainly weren't going to name it Demon. <laughs> no, no. But um, I felt, you know, there have been times when I have been really uncomfortable in places where they had Mineral Springs, for example, walking through a part of the building that I had never been in with Dave. I was, I was not happy to be there. And I was about to shove him out of the way to get in front of him. And then pretty soon we were both, he's like, I don't like it back here. He says, sometimes you, it feels like stuff's coming out of the walls at you. And it just, it was just way too much energy all in one spot. And none of it felt good. Uh, I didn't want to be in there with it. I certainly didn't want to be in there alone. And I was even uncomfortable being in there with somebody else who knows that building like the back of their hand and is in there all the time. I didn't have any black. I didn't have anything on me. So I will uh, not make that mistake again if I ever go back there. But right. it was, it was, I was almost just scared to be in there. And, and the energy, whenever I got out of there, you could just feel it just crawling on you. It was like it was right. just, then I couldn't wait to get it off. It was just terrible. I hated it. So I'm going to get to this one from Pat Craft before I get to Sharon. Sorry, Sharon. Um, but since we were just talking about it. Pat Craft, so teenage daughter walks through house. Things fly off shelves, equals poltergeist activity. But when no one is home, a skeleton keys found lined up in a row on the floor. That might be a poltergeist. Yep. That that pretty much sums it up. Yeah, if, if nobody's home, there's no way for somebody's energy to be tossing things around. Teenage daughter walking through, things are going like crazy. It's probably her. Um, I've been on cases like that before. Um, coming home and finding... You know, finding the chair suddenly up on the table. You know, you might have a poltergeist. <laughs> or, this actually happened, or, you know, your your oldest son left a key for his friend to come into the house while everybody was gone and stacked the chairs on the table. <laughs> That's a true story. It is. Yeah. Because just before um, I left for the Air Force, when I just finished high school, that whole week leading up to it, it's like every day that I came home, something else was done to my room that was just totally screwy off the wall. <laughs> um, so as a get back for that, when my parents drove me up to um, drove me up to Cleveland so I could you know go ahead and depart and all that, I gave a key to my best friend Ron and I gave him a list of things to do around the house. <laughs> One of them was the chairs on the table. <laughs> Because my dad made that reference when we first moved in there, because there were like a lot of families that were in and out, in and out, in and out of that house. And you know, he's like, I don't believe in that sort of thing. But <laughs> but if he came home one day and the chairs were stacked on the table, like poltergeist, they were out of there. So I had Ron stack the chairs on the table. <laughs> and that's not poltergeist activity. That's just a mischievous son. Yeah. <laughs> not a mischievous ghost. No. Adam Tillery. Don't always assume that everything is paranormal. You have to debunk it as something that might be human first. Could be. There could yeah. be, a for all of this, there could be a human explanation for it. And so we check those things out first. So, um, <clears throat> so then Sharon's question, um, do departing human spirits become wiser or are they sometimes stuck at their earthly level of knowledge? That's an interesting question. Um, I would like to think that we continue to learn more as we go on. Um, and it seems that, you know, many of these spirits that we interact with have additional knowledge that they 
probably didn't have when they were still alive. Um, now here's here's the kind of question thrown back at you. Where is this knowledge stored? They no longer have a body, they no longer have a brain. So does that mean that our actual knowledge of things that we know and all that is not actually stored here, it was stored within the soul? And if that's true, then your soul could perpetually learn. I can believe that. Food for thought. Food for thought. Um, what else did you guys have? So, Killer McCarver, we should specify it was the other daughter. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, and that's the, uh, okay, and that's the question from Sharon. So, um, So, and Greg Rankin, a poltergeist isn't necessarily malevolent. They can just be mischievous. I had a mischievous spirit. Well, that's that's true. I, I mean, a, a polter, just because you have a poltergeist doesn't necessarily mean, mean it is trying to harm you. Um, it may just be a prankster, you know, throwing things around. Yeah, somebody could get hurt, something could break. Um, they could be in their whatever mindset, trying to be playful, you know. But the way you see it as a human is like, oh my God, what's happening? Stuff's getting thrown around the house. You know? mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so you don't know. And that's, what, that's one of the reasons why we try to communicate with these spirits is to find out, okay, what's, what's your purpose here? What are you trying to do? You know, why, uh, you know, why, why are you throwing things around the house? Um, you know, that sort of thing. And we'll start off kind of trying to give them the benefit of the doubt in most cases, you know, um, you see some of these, you know, paranormal teams that, you know, right off the bat, something gets, something gets thrown and they're immediately on, oh, you know, you're trying to, you know, hurt me, harm me, you know, bring it on, you know, like, what in the world? <laughs> it's like, why? It would be careful what you ask for, because you never know. If, if I'm a spirit and someone's going to get up in my face like that, oh, yeah. If I can do it, there are no consequences. I'm going to smack them upside the head. I will give them exactly what they asked for. That is how I am going to be in the afterlife. There you go. <laughs> Whenever I'm haunting and wandering around, if I come across any of that garbage, yeah. Throw something. Oh, yes. Yes, I'm going to throw something, and I know exactly where I'm going to aim it. And that's just the way it's going to be. Got to learn a lesson somehow. Don't ask. Be careful what you ask for. You know, it's a very, it's a very unstable field. It's a very unstable environment whenever you're doing this. If you can't see it, then you can't see it coming at you, you know. So you have to be respectful and you have to be mindful of it and you have to be alert. Always. Agreed. Uh, per Mark, do you think there's a rank in the spirit world? A lot of people say that. I don't know. I believe that. I don't think you're your own boss. Otherwise, we'd have the answers. <laughs> That's probably true. I mean, there's, I, th I mean, there's some sort of uh, there. Ha well, there has to be at least some sort of rank because I mean, I still believe that it's a created universe. So, whoever created it wasn't me, and so therefore, I would call that person higher ranking if it is a person. You know, yeah. whatever th whatever that is. Is a fire rank. 
I think management needs yeah. to like not be so tight with. They yeah. need to. They need to lighten up a little bit. <laughs> Give us some more to work with. There you go. So I mean, there's some sort of structure, you know. And there's a lot of different ideas as to what exactly that is. Um, so I mean, there's all uh, there's all kinds of theories that you could look up and, and what have you. So. Um, from Judy Wilson. Was it Judy Wilson? What was that the next question? No. Oh, there's a $10 super chat from Tom McNicholas. says, wow, it wasn't me that sent this. It was a poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Mr. Poltergeist. <laughs> Appreciate that. Um, I know I missed a question up here, so where'd it go? Um, oh, as Judy Wilson was saying, they seem to know all... They seem to all know not to talk about the afterlife if asked about it. Yeah, that's... So there you go. There's your structure right there. There's a rule in place. You're not allowed to talk about the afterlife, no matter how many times we ask about it. Uh, they'll give out some information, but not the answers to the really burdened yeah. questions. Yeah, the stuff that you want to know, we're not going to tell you. You know, But we'll tell you that you're correct about your observation of the headstones. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, John. What was his name? John Allen. So, um, so uh, Mickey Dold, so do you think a poltergeist is an intelligent haunt? Could it be residual? Um, not residual. Um, I, I do think a poltergeist is a type of intelligent haunt. Um, yeah, yeah, because they, I think that they are consciously you know, moving things about, throwing them about, hiding stuff, whatever it is. I, you know, I don't think a residual haunt would pick up your keys and hide them somewhere. I've had that happen during an investigation before. <laughs> I've had that happen. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was one of the. It was one of the first cases I was on when the uh, when I first got with that team in Oklahoma. That. Um, it was an interesting investigation to begin with, but uh, the one guy's keys we could not find, we could not find, we could not find. We're looking around, looking around. And we had looked, the case that we ended up finding them in, we had looked in there like three different times. You know, and it was, it was an open, you know, clamshell case, you know, where we put equipment in, and there wasn't really any equipment in there. Most of it was out. There were a couple pieces off on the one side. And we've found the keys like right in the middle like i said we'd been there like three times hmm. in the world and they showed up right after we had said okay we were like in the other room when we said okay you know this needs to stop you had your fun um sorry i think the one guy apologized sorry if we offended you for the you know questions that i had been asking which they weren't really offensive anyway we just apologized and the keys showed up that's an intelligence right there, because he actually, you know, after an apology, they showed up. So, um, what else did you guys have? Oh, that was Tom's. Thank you again, Tom. Um, all right. And then there was the attachment question again. I guess we can go ahead and ask that. Um, or answer that. Now, Jeebus is asking from the, the attachment question, which Shay asked earlier. Um, we've we've talked about this before during our shows. We've kind of talked about a lot of this during our shows before, but um, kind of structuring a little bit differently tonight, I guess. Um, 
I know you have, because you talked about Byron earlier. And so that was definitely an attachment that would kind of come and go. Yeah, he would almost all of the time, if we went to investigate there, you know, I'd tell him, look, you know, don't follow me home tonight. You know, you got to stay here. Sometimes he listened, sometimes he didn't. Other times I would just be like, look, I got to get stuff done. And so I would drop what I was doing. I would open the door and I couldn't see him, but I'd be like, and, like, and then I would walk to the cafe, which was once I got out to my driveway and walked down the alley, the cafe was just right there. And I would go there and physically unlock the door and be like, you got to stay. You got to stay here. You, know, you can't live. You can't stay with me. You got to stay here. So uh, there are other t- other times, you know, ran- random spirits would just, you know, follow. Uh, sometimes, sometimes one of my kids would see one. And I certainly didn't tell them about it. I didn't think that that was appropriate. And they would describe spirits that I had seen. So I knew that they were following me home. And, you know, now I wouldn't say that anyone, any of the, I I can't say that they don't follow in terms of I've seen apparitions in the house, but the stuff that I am seeing is something. I can't say it's a human spirit, but I can't say it's not a human spirit. I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, is around on the daily. And sometimes uh, the little boy uh, in Vandalia still will not physically show up, but it's more of a uh, mind uh, thing where it'll just be like knock 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 here I am you know and you know I see him that way so that's um, not really following but yeah uh, Shay has a, uh, a follow up to that which is a, a good question uh, she says I think an attachment and something following you home is different do you which yeah I, I, I guess it would be something I mean the following home I guess is attached for a short duration of time to follow you home and you know maybe they go on their way after that and a little interaction or what what have you where an attachment is something that's there for a longer duration of time I and mean, maybe eventually get rid of it or what have you so you know we've had these twinkle things going on for a little yeah. while so and the is that source some, some, in the shimmer, shimmer so thing. that goes with me everywhere yeah so it doesn't even that seems like it house. might be some sort of attachment yeah um, I did miss a question here a little bit ago. So, um, I'm sorry, I was, I was scrolling back up and I was like, oh, I missed one. Um, per Everyday Chris, do you think residuals emit EVPs or, it says Anku, and I'm not exactly sure what he means by Anku, but can residuals uh, emit EVPs? Well, we got those footsteps on audio. And so, if, if we're saying those footsteps are a residual haunt, then while not a voice, you know, it's a sound. Um, you know, we picked up that sound, and that's basically what a voice is. It's just sound waves coming out of my mouth. You know, so yeah. I would have to say, yeah, yeah, we could get a residual as an EVP. Um, you know, people talk about, you know, I mean, there's some residual haunts where it's like, you know, the, you know, the woman screaming at the top of the stairs happens every night at, you know, 10 p.m. or whatever. That's a residual haunt. Yeah. You hear it. Maybe you're actually able to get it onto your recorder. There you go. Yeah. Um, Betty asks, 
Since you both have had experiences, could a spirit be sitting with you now, listening? Uh, the heat shimmer thing is in here. You've seen the heat shimmer thing? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Where? Yeah, over there. It's just random. It's usually over there. By the dolls the or the window or something? Uh, I've seen it over there. I've seen it over there by the boxes. Yeah. I okay. mean, every once in a while, I'll see a little twinkle in here. So. Okay. I've just, I've started to get used to it now. The shimmer thing. And I don't know who it is or what it is. I just, it, it just is. But I think well, when we were at Mineral Springs. So I think that would be more of an attachment then. Except at this for, point. Yeah, it hasn't always been there. It didn't start coming around until after the incident with Molly with and Molly and Zara. Yeah. Zara. Oh, where's Zara? Zara's over there. Um, from Jeebus, have you guys ever used a Ouija board? I have once. I've once. seen it, and I've had one in my presence before. Uh, my very, 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 very first experience with one was just, ha, 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 junior high. Hey, I've got this board. I uh, went down into the basement with one of my uh, girlfriends. I'd never seen one before. We sat it down. She was going to get up and shut off the lights and use a flashlight, and we were on our way back, and the... Um, the planchard. Okay. The planchette. The planchette flew off of the board across the room. Uh, neither one of us was anywhere near it. We were about halfway across the room. That thing shot off that board like someone just went. And so we promptly went upstairs and got her older brother and told him to get that board out. And we come upstairs out of the basement, shut the door. <laughs> I never saw the board again. I incidentally never went down into the basement again. Maybe that's why I have such a fear of basements. Maybe. Maybe. I don't there like basements at all. I have to take it back twice. So the first time I tried using it, nothing happened. Done. The second time is actually, it's actually a goofy little video. It's like a 30 second video here on the, on the channel from way back. It's one of the first videos that are on here. And I've got the music amping up. I've got the the Ouija board there, the planchette sitting there, and like um, kind of very slowly, like okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna touch it. I'm gonna touch it. And, you know, it's a it's like the one clickbait video that's on here, and so it's the <laughs> bad mic. I shouldn't have done it because I talk about the, it's something about the um, the the planchette going flying, which it does fly because I whack it. <laughs> <laughs> I whack it off the board. It gets thrown back at me and hits me in the head. So that makes it funny. And you hear this doink. <laughs> of course, I had somebody throw it at me. So it's not like a ghost threw it at me yeah, or anything mine like that. Was, so. Ours was legit. Not manipulated. That thing. It was totally was supposed there. to make you laugh is what yeah. the point of it was. Yeah. No no windows. It was a basement, you know. So no windows. There was no air flow. There was mm -hmm. nothing to make it fly across the room like it did. And that was. Do I was I was done after that. Yeah. So. So now I, I did see in here that uh, a lot of people were saying that, you know, Ouija boards are bad and, and things like that. And. Um, 
This is what I'll say, because I know people who actually use them as tools, as spirit communication devices, you know, which is their purpose. And that's what we use an audio recorder for. I think what happens is that people don't know how to properly use the board and that's where they get into trouble. That's where they start, when they start accidentally inviting things in. You know, kids using it, you know, they're, you know, they're in their basement or, you know, they're in their bedroom. This happened to my, you know, editor um, for my uh, Ghost of Maryland book. Um, you know, a group of teenage girls are playing with the Ouija board in their bedroom and then um, all of a sudden crazy stuff starts happening with the radio and, you know, all the, I can't remember the whole story, but, um, you know, it's marketed as a game. So I think a lot of these kids that start playing around with it don't really realize what it is that they're doing and how to properly communicate. And they're all trying to, you know, write out, you know, you know, this boy likes you or whatever, you know, onto there. While at the same time, there's a spirit out there that's like, hey, I'm trying to freaking communicate. You just reached out and asked me to communicate with you. And now you're being, you know, goofy over here. And maybe they just get pissed off, yeah. you know? So, um, and then they don't close the conversation properly and so that opens it up for all kinds of crazy stuff to happen so i think that's a problem where it's not necessarily that the ouija board is bad is that people don't know how to use it properly so i stick with the audio recorder because that's what i know how to use to try to communicate with spirits um you know or for disembodied voices but i just yeah. because i'm not familiar with the ouija board and don't know how to use it as well as some others i stay away yeah i typically tend to stay away from things that can be manipulated so a spirit board, Ouija board, I, I just, anything that can be manipulated by someone other than me, you know, especially if I, and when I'm alone, I typically don't do that kind of stuff alone anyway. I think there's safety in numbers, but anytime there's someone else involved, I don't trust it. Same reason why I just, I don't trust a lot of things that are manipulated by man. Um, whenever I talk into, you know, I talk out into the atmosphere and I have a digital recorder running and someone answers me and I'm able to capture that, I have more faith in that than I do in anything else, really. Chuck Banks. Hey, Mike, you sexy son of a bitch. Anytime he comes into chat, that's what he starts <laughs> with. You sexy son of a bitch. Right back at you, <laughs> big guy. <laughs> big fella. <laughs> So, I'll just step away now. Yeah. <laughs> Shauna's out of here. Um, so, uh, Everyday Chris, he meant, do you think EVPs only come from intelligent spirits or can residuals leave them too? Well, that's what we were talking about where yeah. I think, you know, if that residual is making a sound and the audio recorder picks it up, well then, yeah, you know, like those footsteps. I mean, it's not a voice, it's a sound of a footstep, but, you know, um, we hear all the time people reporting, you know, this constant haunt of this person you know every night every you know full moon the first tuesday past whatever you know <laughs> and it's always and you know the person's making a, a noise or says something or whatever and if you get that well then yeah you, you've picked up a, a residual spirit saying something but um, can residual energy that cannot interact i don't really believe it can set off like meters and stuff like that though I mean, it's energy. It's synergy. Um, it's a release of some sort of energy in order to generate that playback. So, 
We've heard I mean, footsteps maybe. happening in the vicinity. Like in the cabin, you can hear someone walking. And you can see where the noise is. But it doesn't set anything off, usually. Um, that was that, that happened a lot. No, and where we kind of wondered about it. I'm even mixed on the devices when something goes off and when it doesn't. Because we've gotten like all kinds of crazy activity and nothing happens on the meter. And then there's other times yeah. we've gotten all kinds of crazy activity and stuff is happening with the meter. Yeah. So all, what I end up saying about the meters is that it shows that something could be happening. So, but it's not, it's not, the meter goes off, you got a ghost, you know? And the uh, K, had a K2 meter setting up. Okay. So in the cafe, there's the dining area. And then there's the window with the bell in the kitchen area. Okay. And so we had a meter sitting up there. Meanwhile, there's no electricity in the building. It just, there's none. But we saw uh, a, a man pop up, like a head pop up. Uh, in the in the window in the little reach through you know window where the bell was didn't set off the meter at all but why you know <laughs> I mean it was we, we, we all saw a face a head a person pop up in that window but that meter didn't do but it anything. didn't do a thing and that you know? happens that yeah. happens a lot can they manipulate that I mean it it might not be that it's electromagnetic. Maybe it's a different type of energy. You know? Yep. You know, maybe maybe sometimes they do come through as electric energy, and maybe at other times they come through as something else, you know? You don't know the answers. What the hell was that? That wasn't the furnace, that was over there by those boxes. What's going on over there? You heard that, right? That bang? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you guys were able to hear it, but... The furnace is running, but over there by those boxes or some sort of Shimmer stuff's been happening Yeah, you said shimmer stuff was happening over there. Yeah. So... You want to come over and say hello? So, um... B3 Airspace had an important question here. Um, it was actually a question to Andrew. Uh, Andrew, you haul any Samuel Adams? I don't drink a lot of beer, but if I do, it's Samuel Adams. <laughs> I don't drink any Not those I've accurate. never Samuel even Adams. tried yeah. Samuel Adams. There's a little bit of Fenway Park in every Samuel Adams. That's important stuff to know. <laughs> I told my brother-in-law, he's like, oh, I got to stop drinking the winter lager then. <laughs> um, so, all right. Um, the Bree Jones, not a bang, but heard something get knocked. Yeah, that was basically yeah, that was it. it. Yeah, yeah. Pretty well. So Donna says, pull out the recorder. I mean, it's it's almost pointless to pull out the recorder with the furnace going off all the time. It's like yeah. literally every two minutes I mean, the furnace kicks on. It's windy outside, but it didn't sound. It didn't come from outside. It came from. It was inside the building with us. Yeah, I'm you just happy tell. that you guys don't hear too much of the furnace. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for decent microphones. <laughs> Um, B3 Aerospace says, yeah, my good beer. Yep, it is. It is. I give, I give my uh, brother-in-law crap all the time. His favorite beer is, he'll, he'll drink the Samuel Adams. This is totally off topic. He'll drink the Winter Lager. He likes that one. But his beer of choice is Coors Light. And I'm just like, dude, you got to drink a real beer. <laughs> if you're going to drink a beer, like I said, I don't drink a lot of beer. But if you're going to drink a beer, drink a beer. <laughs> drink a man's beer. That's right. Yeah. It, I, I usually drink wine. <laughs> I don't really drink anything. Except for I drink sangria. 
Don't drink your sangria. But that doesn't At your class happen. reunion, you had a shot? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I don't remember what I had, but I had it. Right. It was sitting there and you, everybody had it. So yeah. you had it. Right. Um, so Everyday Chris says, we've had investigations with REM pod and lots of millimeter influxes, but we're unable to clarify it was residual activity or actual intelligent activity. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing, you know, it's, you know, sometimes you can, sometimes you can confirm that, okay, this is actual, you know, activity that I'm getting with, um, the K2, the, I have a male backlight doesn't work anymore. So I need a new one. Um, and it's like, you're able to cross check with other things that are going on. You're all right, great. Um, and, and that's wonderful, but there's other times where, yeah, you're just, you're, you're getting something on the, uh, the K2 or what have you, and it doesn't match with anything else that you're doing. So it's like, okay, maybe that's just random. Um, it could even be, you know, maybe they're trying to reach out, but they're unable to, for whatever reason, reach out at the right time. How do you prove that? I mean, you can't. Um, and then there's times where it, the devices are just dead and you're not getting a single thing and you might have activity going on. You know, you might get like a crap ton of, uh, of EVPs, maybe stuff is moving around, you're hearing the footsteps and you're getting stuff on the SLS and you're getting all this other, and not a dang thing on the EMF meters. So, you know, it's, and that's one of the things that makes this field so hard to scientifically prove because you can't make the stuff happen on any sort of consistent basis. So when we talk about being scientific investigators, it's almost impossible to be one because you can't set a control. You can't set a control and you can't set it, um, well, the placebo would be the control. Um, you just can't make it happen on, on a consistent basis. So, yeah, without that, without having the paranormal activity happen on a consistent basis for you to test, and without having that control in place as well, you can't scientifically prove it. So we're kind of, I, I think our best bet and what we're trying to do is like give enough compelling stuff that we've captured to bolster our argument to say, hey, we've got this and we've got this and we've got this and we've got this. To us, that's enough. And it comes down to whether or not you believe. The diehard skeptic is always going to be the diehard skeptic. Um, the diehard believer is always going to be the diehard believers. The people in the middle that you're trying to convince or sway, if that's what your aim is, is to kind of convince people or what have you. Um, more what we try to do here, you know, we're trying to answer our own questions and we're trying to answer your questions too. So we're not necessarily trying to convince anybody of anything. It's, no. you know, we have questions, you have questions. We're trying to, to answer those together. So. Yep. Yep. That's on a road media for you in a nutshell. Um, all right. So, now they're talking about what they, what they drink. That's funny. <laughs> all right. Let's go ahead and uh, we're past our hour mark. So let's go ahead and get to the uh, shout outs. Chuck Bang simply says, it is cold. <laughs> no <laughs> <Yeah>. shit. <laughs> yes, it is. It is definitely cold. Had an EVP of that. It's cold? At a cemetery. Yeah. We were talking about the Catholic cemetery. My dad was there. Mm -hmm. You could hear his voice. He said something, and I was like, man, it's cold. And then you hear this woman say, it is cold. Ah, see, that's intelligent right there. It is cold. It is cold. There you go. 
It's like, well, thank you very and, much, and man. Tom is cold, negative 37. Dang, yeah. Tom. Bundle up. Be safe, please. We worry about you guys. I mean, it's going to get cold here, but those that are north of us, it's even crazier. Yeah, so. we're going to get up close to, like, the negative 30, negative 20s and 30s, but negative Chicago is Yeah, they're talking negative 50 insane. up there. yeah. In five so. minutes, an ex any skin that's exposed in five minutes, frostbite can start. So, don't be stupid. It's, Bundle stay up. Stay inside. Yep. If and you got to be you, outside, if you can't just yeah, if you can if you can just stay inside the whole freaking time, that's that's what I'm gonna try to yeah. do. And but I if mean, you have to yeah. Then have extra blankets. And make sure your phone's charged and and like the hand warmers or whatever. Just have have yep. some type of emergency. So, thankfully, there's not a crap ton of snow on the ground where people can get to you. Mm -hmm. You know, if because I we've had that happen before. Have 15 inches of snow and have 30 below wind chills. And people out and about on like yeah, country roads and stuff like that where they can't be gotten to, you know. Just told, told Sean I'm having flashbacks smart. to Alaska. I spent three years in Alaska, and it, and it was only like on rare occasion that we would get that bad. Um, it's like negative twenty was kind of almost the norm during the winter time there, but negative thirty, negative forty, negative fifty, those were more rare occasions. So yeah, it's yeah, this actually going to be colder in the midwest yeah, pipes freezing wet water strip up there in alaska yeah. antarctica whatever yes yeah, this is this air that's coming down yeah this weekend it's so. gonna be in the 50s so. yeah i mean it, it, by the weekend it's gonna warm back up which is good but um b3 airspace says these were great shows do it again astral stuff too so yeah um i know that question did come up earlier um from warlock do you ever uh, have you ever done experiments like Don's Build or Astral Projection? And we didn't really get into it because that was at the very beginning of the show. We were we were talking about our you know the different types of hauntings. So, Sean has done Don's Build. Yeah. Um, we do have a video on that. It's over a year old. Um, Astral Projection. I don't think we've really done one on Astral Projection. We've talked about it uh, within conversations on here before, so we could certainly do one on that. Maybe we'll mix the two. Um, because, I mean, they're related um, to a degree. Where, with the Gonsfeld, I know you guys did it differently, but you're trying to send a, a thought to the receiver right. in that whole rig and see if they get it. And astral projection, you're trying to send yourself somewhere. Yeah, we we kind of, well, we really got it from watching. We did it the way that they did it on um, Insidious where they go under and then they try to see what happens, you know, but instead of, but I didn't really go anywhere. Just stuff was happening around me that shouldn't have been happening around me. Things that were not happening in our particular time, but just stuff that I could not possibly have experienced in reality. So it was, it was, it was look up Haunted Road Media and type in Gonsfeld Experiment and it'll take You'll you right to it. us. Yep. Yeah. Um, Chuck has upped the ante. He says, it is so cold. It is <laughs> so cold. <laughs> it is awesome. so cold. Awesome. It is Betty so Lang true. Betty Lang says, um, when Astro, I flew like an eagle. Cool. So we'll definitely have to do a uh, an episode on astral projection and all that stuff. It'll be good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, all right. Let's go ahead and... Um, get to the uh super chat superstars tom mcnicholas thank you for being a super chat superstar on inside the upside down tonight absolutely appreciate that um 
deep down the rabbit hole patreon patrons so go to patreon.com um slash hotter road media we are going to be having an upload here um by tomorrow morning for that um but the tier the uh, deep down the rabbit hole patreon patron which is the highest tier that is uh Atomic Nicholas, B3, Airspace, Zippy Davis, Joe Chandler, Andrew Cox, and Pamela Queen. Thank you very much. And then uh, thank you to all the other uh, patrons out there as well. So, uh, Donald Gordon, thanks for Cheshire catting the chat. Absolutely appreciate that. There are a lot of questions that um, you had to field and throw back my way. So, thank you very much for all of that. Um, Tim Schoen ups it. He says, It is oh so very cold. <laughs> <laughs> You guys are funny. <laughs> uh, so thank you, Tim. EQ, EQ, thanks for joining us again. Betty Lange, stay warm. Bree Jones. Um, Bree is in Canada. I mean, geez, how cold is it there in Canada? North <laughs> right. of all of us having negative 50 and stuff. Geez. Um, Variety Multimedia, that's uh, Candy Orton. Thank you, Candy. The Haglin, thank you very much. Uh-huh. Um, Debbie 08, thank you as well. G.D. Wilson, thank you for all the questions. Sharon Lane, thank you very much for everything. Um, Fairy Queen, Diane Hilbert, um, it's past midnight in the East. Diane, it's time for you to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Usually when we go a lot longer, she does have to bail out. So Diane was in here the whole time and it's awesome. Awesome, love you, Diane. Um, see, there is Chuck, Chuck Banks Beyond the Light Network. Chucky. You schmexy guy. <laughs> <laughs> With three X's. Schmexy. Schmexy. <laughs> create tricks. I have to say this right. Create tricks, Corvus Arts. Mickey Doll. <laughs> Just say Mickey, but that's what she's in there as. Uh, thank you for joining us and once Adam again. Adam Tillery, of course. Tillery's out there lurking. Adam, he popped in when he heard mischievous. Is it mischievous? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's out there. Uh, there's uh, Shay Carroll. Thank you, Shay. Pat Kraft was out there as well. Car Kelly McCarville was out here tonight too. Um, Greg Rinkin, Jeebus the Gamer Nerd. Thank you very much, Mark Fiore. Thank you for your questions. Um, let's see. We also had. Um, all right. I think I'm gonna have to scroll back down at this point. Um, there was Everyday Chris. Thank you for your questions too. Lonzo Tingle was out here. Thank you very much, Lonzo. Uh, there's Tillery with the eyes, the lurking eyes. Yep. All right. So, uh, yeah. Yep. Some chats have a list of the people in the chat room. Yeah. We need a, that. That That's would be awesome. fantastic if, if Facebook, or not Facebook, if YouTube had that and they just scrolled on that list, be done. And all right. But no, I got to scroll back through all, everything everybody said. <laughs> so, okay. That's going to be it, everybody. You have a great week. Um, tune in Friday night, Ghost Frights this Friday, of course. And uh, we have some other stuff coming up. So again, uh, Patreon patrons, you'll be getting a new video by tomorrow morning. And um, the video that we released yesterday, we're gonna be doing some more of those. I guess we may as well do them as Mike morning mugs and um, we'll do some more. Because these, the Inside the Upside Downs are great because we're able to have a discussion with you about a lot of these things that are paranormal, supernatural, otherworldly, and, and the like. Um, but we want to condense some of that into some smaller videos so that you can kind of just get like that information in like one punch. Um, so it, it'll be a, a little bit of a, I don't know, if, if you're looking for some quick quick bits of information about different paranormal topics to give them to you and then 
of course, we'll still be here live to uh, answer your questions and, and talk more in depth on some of these different topics. So that's kind of the idea. We'll be having some more of that stuff coming up here. So, all right, everybody. Take care. Have a great week. Stay warm. Be smart about it. <laughs>